Chapter 16 of Joshua by George Ebers. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 16 Fear of her own weakness soon made Miriam release herself from her lover's embrace, but she listened with eager happiness, seeking some new sign from the Most High in Joshua's brief account of everything he had felt and experienced since her summons. He first described the terrible conflict he endured, then how he regained entire faith, and, obedient to the God of his people and his father's summons, went to the palace expecting imprisonment or death, to obtain release from his oath. He told her how graciously the sorrowing royal pair had received him, and how he had at last taken upon himself the office of urging the leaders of his nation to guide them into the wilderness for a short time only, and then take them home to Egypt, where a new and beautiful region on the western bank of the river should be allotted to them. There no foreign overseer should henceforward oppress the workmen, but the affairs of the Hebrews should be directed by their own elders, and a man chosen by themselves appointed their head. Lastly, he said that he, Joshua, would be placed in command of the Hebrews' forces, and, as regent, mediate and settle disputes between them and the Egyptians, whenever it seemed necessary. United to her, a happy husband, he would care in the land for even the lowliest of his race. On the ride hither he had felt as men do after a bloody battle, when the blast of trumpets proclaimed victory he had indeed a right to regard himself as the envoy of the Most High. Here, however, he interrupted himself, for Miriam, who at first had listened with open ears and sparkling eyes, now showed a more and more anxious and troubled mien. When he at last spoke of making the people happy as her husband, she withdrew her hand, gazed timidly at his manly features, glowing with joyful excitement, and then, as if striving to maintain her calmness, fixed her eyes upon the ground. Without suspecting what was passing in her mind, Hosea drew nearer. He supposed that her tongue was paralyzed by maidenly shame at the first token of favor she had bestowed upon a man. But when at last his words, designating himself as the true messenger of God, she shook her head disapprovingly, he burst forth again, almost incapable of self-control in his sore disappointment. So you believe that the Lord has protected me by a miracle from the wrath of the mightiest sovereign, and permitted me to obtain from his powerful hand favors for my people, such as the stronger never grant to the weaker, simply to trifle with the joyous confidence of a man whom he himself summoned to serve him? Miriam, struggling to force back her tears, answered in a hollow tone, The stronger to the weaker? If that is your opinion, you compel me to ask, in the words of your own father, who is the more powerful, the Lord our God, or the weakling on the throne, whose firstborn son withered like grass, at a sign from the Most High? Oh, Hosea, Hosea! Joshua, he interrupted fiercely, do you grudge me even the name your God bestowed? I relied upon his help when I entered the palace of the mighty king, I sought under God's guidance, rescue and salvation for the people, and I found them. But you, you, your father and Moses, nay, all the believing heads of the tribes, see no salvation for us among the Egyptians. She answered, panting for breath. 
what they promised the hebrews will be their ruin the grass sown by us withers where their feet touch it and you whose honest heart they deceive are the whistler whom the bird-catcher uses to decoy his feathered victims into the snare they put the hammer into your hand to rivet more firmly than before the chains which with god's aid we have sundered before my mind's eye i perceive too much replied the warrior grinding his teeth with rage hate dims your clear intellect if the bird-catcher really what was your comparison if the bird-catcher really made me his whistler deceived and misled me he might learn from you i from you encouraged by you i relied upon your love and faith from you i hoped all things and where is this love as you spared me nothing that could cause me pain i will pitiless to myself confess the whole truth to you it was not alone because the god of my fathers called me but because his summons reached me through you and my father that i came you yearn for a land in the far uncertain distance which the lord has promised you but i open to the people the door of a new and sure home not for their sakes what hitherto have they been to me but first of all to live there in happiness with you whom i loved and my old father yet you whose cold heart knows not of love with my kiss still on your lips disdain what i offer from hatred of the hand to which i owe it your life your conflicts have made you masculine what other women would trample the highest blessings under foot miriam could bear no more and sobbing aloud covered her convulsed face with her hands at the gray light of dawn the sleepers in the camp began to stir and men and maidservants came out of the dwellings of aminadab and nashon all whom the morning had roused were moving toward the wells and watering places but she did not see them how her heart had expanded and rejoiced when her lover exclaimed that he had come to lead them to the land which the lord had promised to his people gladly had she rested on his breast to enjoy one brief moment of the greatest bliss but how quickly had bitter disappointment expelled joy while the morning breeze had stirred the crown of the sycamore and joshua had told her what pharaoh would grant to the hebrews the rustling among the branches had seemed to her like the voice of god's wrath and she fancied she again heard the angry words of hoary-headed nun the latter's reproaches had dismayed yuri like the flash of lightning the roll of thunder yet how did joshua's proposition differ from yuri's the people she had heard it also from the lips of moses were lost if faithless to their god they yielded to the temptations of pharaoh to wed a man who came to destroy all for which she her brothers and his own father lived and labored was base treachery yet she loved joshua and instead of harshly repulsing him she would have again nestled ah how gladly to the heart which she knew loved her so ardently but the leaves in the top of the tree continued to rustle and it seemed as if they reminded her of aaron's warning so she forced herself to remain firm the whispering above came from god who had chosen her for his prophetess and when joshua in passionate excitement owned that the longing for her was his principal motive for toiling for the people who were as unknown to him as they were dear to her her heart suddenly seemed to stop beating and in her mortal agony she could not help sobbing aloud unheeding joshua or the stir in the camp 
she again flung herself down with uplifted arms under the sycamore gazing upward with dilated tearful eyes as if expecting a new revelation but the morning breeze continued to rustle in the summit of the tree and suddenly everything seemed as bright as sunshine not only within but around her as always happened when she the prophetess was to behold a vision and in this light she saw a figure whose face startled her not joshua but another to whom her heart did not incline yet there he stood before the eyes of her soul in all his stately height surrounded by radiance and with a solemn gesture he laid his hand on the stones he had piled up with quickened breath she gazed upward to the face yet she would gladly have closed her eyes and lost her hearing that she might neither see it nor catch the voices from the tree but suddenly the figure vanished the voices died away and she appeared to behold in a bright fiery glow the first man her virgin lips had kissed as with uplifted sword leading the shepherds of her people he dashed toward an invisible foe swiftly as the going and coming of a flash of lightning the vision appeared and vanished yet ere it had wholly disappeared she knew its meaning the man whom she called joshua and who seemed fitted in every respect to be the shield and leader of his people must not be turned aside by love from the lofty duty to which the most high had summoned him none of the people must learn the message he brought lest it should tempt them to turn aside from the dangerous path they had entered her course was as plain as the vision which had just vanished and as if the most high desired to show her that she had rightly understood its meaning hers voice was heard near the sycamore ere she had risen to prepare her lover for the sorrow to which she must condemn herself and him commanding the multitude flocking from all directions to prepare for the departure the way to save him from himself lay before her but joshua had not yet ventured to disturb her devotions he had been wounded and angered to the inmost depths of his soul by her denial but as he gazed down at her and saw her tall figure shaken by a sudden chill and her eyes and hands raised heavenward as though spellbound he had felt that something grand and sacred dwelt within her breast which it would be sacrilege to disturb nay he had been unable to resist the feeling that it would be presumptuous to seek to wed a woman united to the lord by so close a tie it must be bliss indeed to call this exalted creature his own yet it would be hard to see her place another even though it were the almighty himself so far above her lover and husband men and cattle had already passed close by the sycamore and just as he was in the act of calling miriam and pointing to the approaching throng she rose turned toward him and forced from her troubled breast the words i have communed with the lord joshua and now know his will do you remember the words by which god called you he bent his head in assent but she went on well then you must also know what the most high confided to your father to moses and to me he desires to lead us out of the land of egypt to a distant country where neither pharaoh nor his viceroy shall rule over us and he alone shall be our king that is his will and if he requires you to serve him you must follow us and in case of war command the men of our people joshua struck his broad breast exclaiming in violent agitation 
an oath binds me to return to tanis to inform pharaoh how the leaders of the people receive the message with which i was sent forth though my heart should break i cannot perjure myself and mine shall break gasped miriam ere i will be disloyal to the lord our god we have both chosen so let what once united us be sundered before these stones he rushed frantically toward her to seize her hand but with an imperious gesture she waved him back turned away and went toward the multitude which with sheep and cattle were pressing around the wells old and young respectfully made way for her as with haughty bearing she approached her who was giving orders to the shepherds but he came forward to meet her and after hearing the promise she whispered he laid his hand upon her head and said with solemn earnestness then may the lord bless our alliance hand in hand with the gray-haired man to whom she had given herself miriam approached joshua nothing betrayed the deep emotion of her soul save the rapid rise and fall of her bosom for though her cheeks were pale her eyes were tearless and her bearing was as erect as ever she left to her to explain to the lover whom she had forever resigned what she had granted him and when joshua heard it he started back as though a gulf yawned at his feet his lips were bloodless as he stared at the unequally matched pair a jeering laugh seemed the only fitting answer to such a surprise but miriam's grave face helped him to repress it and conceal the tumult of his soul by trivial words but he felt that he could not long succeed in maintaining a successful display of indifference so he took leave of miriam he must greet his father he said hastily and induce him to summon the elders ere he finished several shepherds hurried up disputing wrathfully and appealed to her to decide what place in the procession belonged to each tribe he followed them and as soon as miriam found herself alone with joshua she said softly yet earnestly with beseeching eyes a hasty deed was needful to sever the tie that bound us but a loftier hope unites us as i sacrifice what was dearest to my heart to remain faithful to my god and people do you too renounce everything to which your soul clings obey the most high who called you joshua this hour transformed the sweetest joy to bitter grief may it be the salvation of our people remain a son of the race which gave you your father and mother be what the lord called you to become a leader of your race if you insist on fulfilling your oath to pharaoh and tell the elders the promises with which you came you will win them over i know few will resist you but of those few the first will surely be your own father i can hear him raise his voice loudly and angrily against his own dear son but if you close your ears even to his warning the people will follow your summons instead of god's and you will rule the hebrews as a mighty man but when the time comes that the egyptian casts his promises to the winds when you see your people in still worse bondage than before and behold them turn from the god of their fathers to again worship animal-headed idols your father's curse will overtake you the wrath of the most high will strike the blinded man and despair will be the lot of him who led to ruin the weak masses for whose shield the most high chose him so i a feeble woman yet the servant of the most high and the maiden who was dearer to you than life cry in tones of warning fear your father's curse and the punishment of the lord beware of tempting the people 
here she was interrupted by a female slave who summoned her to her house and she added in low hurried accents only this one thing more if you do not desire to be weaker than the woman whose opposition roused your wrath sacrifice your own wishes for the welfare of yonder thousands who are of the same blood with your hand on these stones you must swear but here her voice failed her hands groped vainly for some support and with a loud cry she sank down on her knees beside hers token joshua's strong arms saved her from falling prostrate and several women who hurried up at his shout soon recalled the fainting maiden to life her eyes wandered restlessly from one to another and not until her glance rested on joshua's anxious face did she become conscious where she was and what she had done then she hurriedly drank the water a shepherd's wife handed to her wiped the tears from her eyes sighed painfully and with a faint smile whispered to joshua i am but a weak woman after all then she walked toward the house but after the first few steps turned beckoned to the warrior and said softly you see how they are forming into ranks they will soon begin to move is your resolution still unshaken there is still time to call the elders he shook his head and as he met her tearful grateful glance answered gently i shall remember these stones in this hour wife of her greet my father for me and tell him that i love him repeat to him also the name by which his son according to the command of the most high will henceforth be called that its promise of jehovah's aid may give him confidence when he hears whither i am going to keep the oath i have sworn with these words he waved his hand to miriam and turned toward the camp where his horse had been fed and watered but she called after him only one last word moses left a message for you in the hollow trunk of the tree joshua turned back to the sycamore and read what the man of god had written for him be strong and steadfast were the brief contents and raising his head he joyfully exclaimed those words are balm to my soul we meet here for the last time wife of her and if i go to my death be sure that i shall know how to die strong and steadfast but show my old father what kindness you can he swung himself upon his horse and while trotting toward tanis faithful to his oath his soul was free from fear though he did not conceal from himself that he was going to meet great perils his fairest hopes were destroyed yet deep grief struggled with glad exultation a new and lofty emotion which pervaded his whole being had waked within him and was but slightly dimmed though he had experienced a sorrow bitter enough to darken the light of any other man's existence naught could suppress the noble objects to which he intended to devote his blood and life his god and his people he perceived with amazement this new feeling which had power to thrust far into the background every other emotion of his breast even love true his head often drooped sorrowfully when he thought of his old father but he had done right in repressing the eager yearning to clasp him to his heart the old man would scarcely have understood his motives and it was better for both to part without seeing each other rather than in open strife often it seemed as though his experiences had been but a dream and while he felt bewildered by the excitements of the last few hours his strong frame was little wearied by the fatigues he had undergone 
at a well-known hostelry on the road where he met many soldiers and among them several military commanders with whom he was well acquainted he at last allowed his horse and himself a little rest and food and as he rode on refreshed active life asserted its claims for as far as the gate of the city of rameses he passed bands of soldiers and learned that they were ordered to join the cohorts he had himself brought from libya at last he rode into the capital and as he passed the temple of amon he heard loud lamentations though he had learned on the way that the plague had ceased what many a sign told him was confirmed at last by some passing guards the first prophet and high priest of amon the gray-haired rui had died in the ninety-eighth year of his life by the second prophet who had so warmly protested his friendship and gratitude to hosea had now become rui's successor and was high priest and judge keeper of the seals and treasurer in short the most powerful man in the realm End of chapter 16